Welcome to the Common Humanity Podcast, where we are here to have real human conversations. Today, I am joined by Kyle. Um, I know very little about Kyle, so I'm going to start with this. Kyle, who are you? Uh, well, thank you, uh, Chandra, and thank you for having me on. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, Kyle Cunningham. Um, I think the short version of things is that um, I'm a uh, digital nomad, a uh, software engineer specifically, and also um, kind of a recovering like uh, a fighter. So <laughs> um, interesting combination of things, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of the short version. The short version. Okay, so when you say digital nomad, what does that mean? Um, yeah, so um, I basically, um, I do software development, um, but the company I work for is completely remote. Um, we have like a small office, but out of uh, over a thousand people, I think only two or three people actually ever go to that office. Um, so everyone is mostly like working, working from home and things like that. Um, in my case, um, I kind of travel around a bit while I work. Um, so, um, and I've done this from kind of all, all over the place. Um, I'd say probably primarily like um, traveling through like Europe and Southeast Asia um, and around the United States. So um, oh my goodness. basically like, kind of a new thing, I guess. That is like the dream just to wander about, but also still get your work done. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's, pre it's pretty cool. Um, it has um, definitely its benefits, um, its challenges as well. Um, but I, I can't say that I, I dislike it. It's pretty enjoyable for the most part what is there so is there a favorite place that you have worked out of oh man that's that's hard to say in a lot of ways i feel like so many places like the the whole world i think is interesting and um in my experience like people are friendly pretty much everywhere um so i think you know in terms of like time like spent like i'm probably like the most familiar with uh with thailand um, cause I've, I've spent like a very significant amount of time there. Um, and I definitely, uh, really, really love it there. Um, so that's probably like the, the favorite, but in general though, it's hard to like, hard to say, like, even, even, even with that, it's hard to say that like the favorite favorite. So, okay. What, what was your experience in Thailand? Oh man. So, uh, yeah, Thailand's, uh, an interesting uh, an interesting place. So I'm going to guess like most of your audience is from the U.S. Is, is that correct? Or um, probably like 80 percent. Yeah. OK, so yeah. So I'd say yeah, Thailand is very different <laughs> from America um, and just kind of different in general. It really is on literally the opposite side of the planet. It's about like I want to say like a 12 hour difference uh, time wise from like central U.S. Mm -hmm. um, and um you know it's it's a jungle it's very hot and very humid pretty much uh pretty consistently like throughout the year um i'd say it's like different in the sense that um people like the the social expectations are quite a bit different about like um trying to be courteous and like how to act like being courteous in thailand is like a huge thing and if you're um not like aware of kind of like what's going on around you you can like really you can make people angry <laughs> if you're not careful um but yeah, other than that, though, like it's very, it's actually very laid back. It's very slow um, comparatively. Um, things happen at a, a bit of a slower pace for, for better or worse. So, yeah. and so um, I've been, my, my biggest travels were to Morocco and they had what they called okay. Moroccan time. So I'm assuming that 
by what you just said, there's something called Thailand time as well, where it things get done when they get done and people get there when they get there. And uh, so kind of, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> like if you, you know, if you say like, Hey, like come over, come over around two, that means like uh, around two. Yeah. So maybe like uh, if, you know, you're in the area beforehand and you finish early. Well, maybe you come a bit before. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you know, traffic is bad, you just show up at like 2.30. Um, and that's just like when you show up. Um, so, yeah, the the time slots and the guidelines of things tend to be a bit more fuzzy, <laughs> for sure. So working there. So I, I assume that, I mean, you at your job, you probably have deadlines when things have to get done. Mm-hmm. Do you find it difficult, like that juxtaposition of my job requires a specific time to get things done and where I'm living is a little more free-flowing? Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think, yeah, it is an interesting juxtaposition. Um, I don't think it's too bad, though, um, just in the sense of... Um, you know, it gives you goals and things things to work towards. Uh, while at the same time, um, you know, you can get off and, um, you know, thing, things are a bit easy. Stuff stays open late if you have a late phone call. Uh, you know, getting food at, at midnight is not actually too too bad in Thailand. Um, <laughs> at least, in you know, in, in like the, the larger cities, um, you know, you can get some street food and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's not, it's not as bad as you'd think, I, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, you know, you're kind of running on two systems at once, but it's not too bad. Yeah. I remember one of my favorite stories to tell from Morocco was we were, um, I was there for school. I went to school for architecture and we were restoring an 800 year old Igram. And oh, wow. It was, it was super fun. Um, and we would make jokes that like the people in Morocco were the most, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? Well, the most efficient workers. Like you would never see them work, but everything would get done. And we (laughs) were like, like one day in the afternoon, we were talking about like the donkey barn and how we wanted to lay down some lines limestone and actually like pave it and we showed up to the site at eight o'clock the next morning and there was just a line of little old moroccan men with sheets of limestone on their back laying it down already and we were like how what is how does even happen and oh wow then they're laying it down and they're letting us relatively incompetent um college-aged architecture students lay down some of the stuff which we had like in America we're like we have building skills but when you're working with master craftsmen we had nothing (laughs) and so we're working really hard trying to get something done and in Morocco they are very very strict about tea time when it is tea Mm -hmm. you will take a break and you will drink tea and they take a tea break like every two hours 
and (laughs) they bring tea down to the site and they say it's tea time and we're like no 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 we're fine we're americans we're gonna work through the day and never stop grinding Mm -hmm. away and these little old men walked up to us and took the tools out of our hands pointed to the tea they're like tay tay we're like okay okay man (laughs) we'll go drink the tea (laughs) and in a day like any project i've ever seen in america that project would have taken a week probably from planning to permits to actually getting the stuff together and they were just like oh we want it done okay done in a day and if most of the day if you looked at them they were drinking tea like you turn around and they had another like just it was insane (laughs) and so I think it's it's one of the things I always remember then like looking back at how we live in America and how we overwork and we like we're always go 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 we eat on the go we work on the go we do all of these things thinking that we're more proficient at it but there's all sorts of studies that show that that's actually less efficient than just resting when you're tired and being productive when you have energy to do so so it's it's always interesting to me of like where I learned that lesson the first time and um most people I've talked to who have traveled anywhere else in the world um their stories have come back similarly and so do you have any stories like that from Thailand or anywhere else that you've been where they I don't know are a little more relaxed about life but still completely effective at what they're doing oh yeah yeah um I mean I can I can speak uh you know to Thailand for sure I think one of my um one of my favorite things there is um especially like toward towards the weekends um like uh as it comes to like time to get off work uh you'll often see people they just go to whether it's 7-Eleven and there's, you know, a million 7-Elevens in Thailand, they're everywhere, um, or just the shop or something. Um, they'll, they'll get some drinks, um, you know, some beer, some sodas, whatever. And they'll just literally just, uh, hang out on the, on the sidewalk, um, and, and chat about stuff. Um, and, uh, it's one of those things. And I see it like all, you know, all the time, um, and all different kinds of people, um, in Thailand, uh, will, will do stuff like this, whether it's like, uh, the guys from, you know, the mechanic shop down the road or uh, the delivery drivers or um, the the people who got out of the hospital. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those kind of cool things. Like, um, you know, you know, we don't see it quite as much in the U.S., I think, where it's just like people take that time. They just um, they just step away and just uh, kind of like uh, just chat, just hang out for a bit. Um, I went on um, uh, like one kind of like little rafting tour thing. And uh, I remember the the employees uh, were uh, were just screwing around, um, like uh, kind of like riding each other, uh, <laughs> like like I don't know, like a horse or something, like kind of in the river, um, like washing each other's hair and stuff too, just messing around. Um, and their their boss was like right behind them, like just laughing along with them. Um, and it's just like one of those things to me. It just um, 
kind of stood off in my mind is like I, I think for a million years I was like oh there's no way this would ever fly in the the U.S. like things tend to be like a little more strict a little bit more like buttoned down um but you know it's not always you know we, yeah it's a very like go go kind of thing here and like we always have to like kind of be buttoned up and like you know um you know, looking like very pro all the time and I think um you know, it's a bit too much at times, maybe. Um, we, we kind of lose that human element a bit of just, you know, of just messing around, just having some fun. Um, you know, there, you know, it's kind of, it, may, it makes things easier, I guess. It makes life a little bit less, less stressful um, just to, to take a breather and slow down. So at least, yeah, that's kind of been, been my, you know, definitely being in Thailand, it's a little bit difficult for me. I, I feel like I'm very much a I tend to be a go-getter type of, of person. I'm, you know, always out like wanting to do something new. Mm -hmm. um, and so like being there is like always a reminder is like, man, just like, just take it easy, you know, go, you know, get some food, hang out for like a few hours, take a nap, um, something like that. So. I like, I like what you said a lot about that. They have that human element that they're like, they're just allowed to be what they are and here we have to like kind of have to contain that a little bit because I don't know I feel like a lot of jobs I've had there's a lot of monotony to it like there a robot mm -hmm. could do it and I, I'm one of those people I'm like let AI take over let them do the work and I can go on <laughs> yeah like that's fine with yeah, me oh, for sure <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah because I would rather be wandering in the forest essentially um, but I like that because it gives me hope because even though, and there's, I mean, I see it in the U S too. I've been, um, in workplaces where the human element is allowed. And I know when I was a boss, I tried to create that kind of culture because, I want to be able to be allowed to be a human. And so I have to allow my staff to be a human as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that it's something that we're missing a lot of, not all the time, obviously, but it yeah. is something that I think we could all use a little bit more just being and less doing, more being, less doing. But yeah, I, I think I've, I love that way of putting it, actually. I think it's, that's great. Um, is there anywhere that you have traveled that you are like, nope, never, ever going there again? Absolutely not. Oh, oh man. <laughs> um, you know, so I don't know if there's like a, like a never, ever again. Um, you know, there are, I, I think there are, there are challenging places I've been to, you know, and I think this is the other side of travel, um, which is like, you go certain places and you're like, man, this is really, really beautiful, really amazing. Um, and I think other places are a bit, um, you know, kind of on the other end of the spectrum. They're they're a bit sad or or dangerous or or some combination thereof. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say like for me, like the the Philippines was kind of like that. Um, very just like lots of very stark poverty um, and you know not not nice things. Um, you know, that's one of those places where I, I feel like. Uh, definitely my appreciation for my situation like multiplied I think kind of quite quite a bit um but at the same time yeah it really you know really was eye-opening in a lot of ways um you know 
and not 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 in the best not in the best of ways in certain in certain respects. But yeah. you know that's that's the world we live in. I would say so. I don't know if there's any place I've been that I would not. No, lies, Florida. <laughs> you know, I've been to Florida multiple times and they never want to go back. One, it's hot. Two, it's muggy. Three, it's Florida. Um, <laughs> but I suppose. Oh, yeah. Some, I was going to say, yeah, Florida man's a, re a real thing. What was that? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that was the Florida man, I think, is a real thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, the biggest part of it is really I don't like humidity and heat, and that is Florida. Mm. Um yeah. and I've seen it, so through I don't need through. to go back. I can go somewhere else that's humid. But yeah, I think that's probably the only place on my list where it's like. I don't want to go again. Um, is there a place that you haven't been yet that you are either planning on or just like really, really want to go to? Oh, oh man, yeah. There's <laughs> there's a bunch actually. Um, I yeah, uh, um, I guess I'm a, I tend to be a pretty adventurous person, so um, you know I'm like pretty happy to like go anywhere I've wanted to go to like I haven't gone to South America at all um which I would love to or or Africa for that matter um so um either either of those and like almost anywhere would be yeah it'd be it'd be interesting for me I think you know when I think when traveling you always have to you know have I think a certain amount of caution you know, mm -hmm. kind of like kind of be aware of what you're getting into but I think you know beyond that it tends to be you know not too bad <laughs> just um yeah but i mean there's a lot of i think really interesting places you know i want to see like the andes mountains and stuff and um yeah get, you know get I a know. chance to get some things in before before i uh, at least before i'm too old to to move around that much anymore you've got a long a long ways before that happens <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i know i set a goal for myself in college to step foot on every continent and so I was planning this big trip to Antarctica and that did not happen because I decided to get married and have kids instead um but it's still <laughs> on the radar just not as epic of a trip but yeah. that's one that I'm really looking forward to also because I like like I love the cold I mean as much as I okay. hate the heat and the humidity. I love the cold, like sub-zero temperatures. <laughs> I live in Wyoming and I wear shorts and tank tops all winter long. So <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, truly a winter person. Yes. Um but what was I gonna say? Oh my goodness, my brain just like um <laughs> it's oh, it was to what you said, but when you're traveling, you always have to have like a little bit of caution, a little bit of, you know, know what you're getting yourself into. And I think that's funny because I would say I'm probably in, we'll go with irresponsible traveler. Not always, <laughs> but like I agreed to go to Morocco. Well, let's just, let's just start with this. I was bad at geography. I agreed to go to Morocco 
I studied Arabic to go to Morocco. I paid to go to Morocco. And two weeks before I went to Morocco, I was like, huh, I should probably figure out where Morocco is. <laughs> and I had literally no idea I was going to North Africa. And then oh, wow. was a 20-year-old girl who was just like, mm, I don't want to travel with the students because I want to explore other things. So I'm traveling around Spain mm -hmm. and Northern Africa by myself as a 20-year-old woman. And I'm just like, and my mom's just like, oh my God, you're going to get kidnapped. You're going to get, and I'm just like, mom, I will <laughs> throat punch anyone who comes near me. <laughs> don't worry about me. But I feel like, on the one hand, you should <laughs> definitely plan when you're traveling. On the other hand, I am more of a fly by the seat of my pants kind of gal. Okay. Like we went, we had a, a trip to New York City for a project senior year of college. And everyone's like, okay, make sure you go out with a buddy. Make sure you do this. And like, I wasn't a lot of friends with a lot of the people in my class. So I didn't have a buddy. Like there was one guy who was like, I'll hang out with you. And I was like, okay, well, there's this place I want to go and this place I want to go and this bar that my favorite like punk rock band was born at. And it's in like in between Little Italy and Chinatown and like in this little hole in the wall, not great neighborhood in New York, like, in New York City, and he was like, um, I don't know if I want to go there, and I was like, okay, I'll go by myself, so then this guy's, like, following me, because he's just like, he's too afraid to go out, but I wasn't, and he was like, I have to protect her, and it's not <laughs> how that went, but then, like, he did that, then the next night, I wanted to go out and see something else, and he was like, no, 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 I can't do that again, it was terrifying, so I'm just like walking around New York City by myself at night as a 22-year-old woman. And I'm just like, but, but I also, and my mom would, my mom hates this about me. I would call her from any story, like stories that I have of any fun adventures that I would get myself into. And I would always start with, don't worry, everything's okay. And then she'd just be like, oh my God, oh my God, what is happening? What went wrong? And I'm like, everything's fine. I'm alive, they're alive, everybody's alive, we're good. But yeah, so I would, my point is I would recommend that if people are going to travel, plan, take a buddy. And if you're not going to do that, just have an invincible attitude and resting bitch <laughs> face and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I say, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't like, yeah, you can, you can't be like totally afraid either because you're all, yeah. you know, if you do that, you're not going to do anything fun. I, you know, um, I've, I've had a couple of good times, like in, in Bangkok, like coming home at like five 30 in the morning after like wandering around and having no idea where I ended up and, um, I am still alive. I'm still here. So, um, you know, I think thankfully, we, you know, for the most part, we live in a, a on a pretty friendly planet, which, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, yeah, as long as you're not going around trying to piss people off, it's, you're probably not, you know, gonna, you know, end up too bad. So that's true. Um, so steering a little bit, you said you mm -hmm. are a recovering fighter. Yeah. So first, you say, okay, first, what kind of fighter? 
And when you say recovering, why recovering and not taking over the world with fighting, I guess? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so uh, the type of fighting. So I do um, a part of like my reason like for like going to Thailand and being there like quite a bit is uh, the national sport. There's a type of kickboxing. It's called Muay Thai. Um, and yeah, um, I've been, yeah, I've done Muay Thai for like a, uh, a fair amount of time. Um, you know, I've fought before, um, uh, right now, like, I'm I'm recovering for a handful of reasons. Um, the big one is that I tore my ACL in training. Um, so my, uh, my, my, my left knee is kaput for a while. I'm getting that repaired this upcoming week, actually. So I'm excited for that, although I'm not going to be moving around for a while. Um, but yeah, um, also, yeah, like fighting is, I'm, I'm getting pretty old, um, for fighting. Like I'm, I'm 36. Um, so to get like an injury like this at 36, um, for, for something like fighting, it usually kind of starts to spell the beginning of the end, um, at least, you know, for, for competing. So, um, kind of, you know, it's what it is. Like I have mixed feelings about it a little bit to, to be honest, um, Fighting is like super like adrenaline filled, like in ways that like I think it's very, very few things are probably like have quite that quite that much adrenaline and quite that much going on. Um, but yeah. So do you have sights on something else in the future? Uh, yeah, actually. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do. Um, the, the ACL is like kind of recovery is mostly what's on my mind. Um, mm -hmm. getting the, the strength back after that surgery takes quite a while, um, can take up to a year, um, to really return to like the previous strength. Um, but like kind of beyond that, um, you know, I'm just into, I'd say I'm into athletics in general. Um, so probably just be doing doing other things probably just like a little less full contact than uh than muay thai so um you know i i do quite a bit of archery and uh golfing and things like that um so try and try and preserve preserve my knee hopefully won't have to like get it like totally replaced when i when i'm older so yeah well i've i've also had knee injuries so i feel for you because ow um and then recovery also not pleasant but um one of the things that i so i'm a personal trainer and one okay. of the things that i have noticed about athletes in general is so athletes never really stop being athletes they might change modalities so mm -hmm. like someone who is a like does travel basketball growing up and like that's their main thing and they get to a point where like okay basketball is not my my main thing anymore because it's taken a toll on my body and they go into powerlifting or strongman or they go into triathlons or like obstacle course races and they do that for a while and then they maybe get bored of that as well and find something else even like you look at professionals Michael Jordan was just like I know I'm the best basketball player in the world but also I want to be bad at baseball too 
or <laughs> who's not great at baseball. I also watched sports um, Space Jam a few weeks ago, so it's fresh in my brain. Oh, nice. <laughs> and he wasn't the only NBA player to go play baseball either. So, yeah. Um, anyway, but it's one of the things that I love is that as humans, like a lot of times we pigeonhole ourselves into like, this is what I am. Like growing up, I was a competitive softball player and I haven't played softball in two years and it sort of is killing me, but also I have other things I enjoy that take up my time and that I compete in and it's fun. And so I don't have to be that as my thing anymore. And it's like some of the people I train are seniors and they they're like, well, I used to do this and I used to do that, or they've never done anything. And then they're just like amazed by what their body can do. And they use it to garden. And that's totally (laughs) awesome because gardening takes a lot of work. Um, Oh, it does. Yeah. But I just think it's amazing how, how as humans, we can transition from and transition, adapt, and even just grow and become a new version of ourselves. And I think you see that a lot with athletes. Mm-hmm. So my point is, I have very high hopes for your athletic endeavors in the future. Well, well thank you. Thank you for that so much. <laughs> I um yeah, I'm 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 hopeful for myself as well. You know, it's been um like an interesting journey. Like I'd say like the, like, yeah, I'm physically like super different from like uh, before I started doing this, um, you know, and for, for the, for the better, um, I think it's been given. Yeah. So it makes me excited actually. I think it's given me like a very nice, like athletic base in general. Um, and yeah, there's other things to do inside the, the, the fight world too. I think I'm going to be doing a bit of coaching in the future, um, as opposed to, as opposed to fighting, but um, you know, that's, that's not a bad thing. And I know, I know what it's like to, to be in there and be getting hit. So. <laughs> it's much easier to listen to a coach who's been hit before than one who hasn't. So. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's always, it's always, um, you know, easy to, you know, look at someone on TV and be like, oh yeah, you know, I, they should be doing this. They should be doing that. It's, it's hard when you're tired and someone and like someone's hitting you and you're, hurting and like there's a bunch of noise and stuff yeah it's not yeah so it's a crazy it's a crazy thing to do it's crazy that humans choose to do this (laughs) agreed I'm not I'm not a big fighter not gonna lie like if someone attacks me yes we like we will I'll throw hands for sure but um fighting sports have never been my cup of tea Mm mm-hmm like yeah, I, I can I can understand that. I so so yeah, I, what you were saying what, what, what yours? <laughs> oh well, so I mean, I grew up playing softball and volleyball were my two main, and I'm a competitive powerlifter. So like me, I my battle is between me and a barbell, and that's me yeah. myself and a barbell. But that's it. <laughs> like just trying to be better than whoever I was yesterday, um, which I love. And I don't know, I always think about fighting sports because I feel like I don't, like knowing myself, 
I'm big on sportsmanship, right? I play a lot Mm -hmm. of team sports and I coach youth sports and I do all this stuff and I'm big on sportsmanship. And I don't know if I could be a good sport (laughs) in a fighting sport. I feel like someone would hit me and like something's going to flip in my brain and I'm not gonna, like, it's not going to be a sport to me anymore. And I think that's why, like... I don't know if it's just my PTSD or what, but like people come swinging at me. I don't like, I've even gotten, I have a little brother who's a, who's 14 and his whole life he would play fight with me. And sometimes I would not be having it. And like two Mm -hmm. years ago, maybe he was 12. So he's like about my size. And he just kept picking a fight and picking a fight and picking a fight. And like, there was one point where, he like I have a I don't know if you can even see it but I have I'm technically crippled like I have no fat tissue on my left shoulder so it's like sensitive and it hurts a little bit whatever and Mm -hmm. so he made a threat of like he's like well I'll just go after your bad shoulder and there was just something that just like flipped in my brain and I just like (laughs) pinned him down and I was like do you really want to fight and he was like no and I was like okay well I'm gonna walk away now because that little that little button got pushed in my brain and like I felt threatened and I just like and I just so I don't think that I could do it as a sport like life or death yes sport no <laughs> so that's yeah well, I I I totally get that and it's not you know the funny it's not the easiest of things in some ways because like my my last fight, my opponent, we we talked like before the fight. <laughs> um, yeah. Said like, hey, hey, what's up? How's it going? Um, you ready for this? Yeah. Like, let's do it. Um, and so yeah, then we then we we fought. We went for it. We totally went for each other. Um, and then afterwards, you know, he came over. He asked me if I'm all right. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, how are are you good? He's like, yeah, I'm good. This <laughs> um, is like it's very funny. Like you know, you're very friendly. And then, but like for that, those moments that, you know, for the, the you know, the fight's like 15 minutes in my time for those 15 minutes. Yeah. You're, you know, you're going all the way. <laughs> yeah. And that's where I don't, I think, I think that switch in my brain is broken. I think that's what it is. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> sports, I mean, I've played a lot of friends in sports and like can, can talk to them like up to bat. Like one of my best friends was the catcher for our rival team and so I'd be up to bat talking to her while another friend of mine is pitching and Mm -hmm. like we would we would talk a little bit of crap to each other because we were teenagers and we could and whatever but there was always fun and it was always Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day like even if we weren't teammates we were still friends and we still had respect for each other and I just yeah so I think it takes there <laughs> it it takes something special in in your brain in just yourself to be able to do combat sports with and still have that aspect of of humanity of you like of just still caring about the person who you're about to punch in the face you know um, yeah, it's it's so kind of um, uh, yeah, it's a, bit, a split personality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
thank you yeah i you know it's 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 good though i like i i guess i guess for me like you know you if you have the the nice thing about like being in combat sports is if you have any any animosity towards your opponent you have every opportunity to um you know to settle it with them um you know and just what happens happens you can you know if if and if you're if you're not up to the task that's all on you at that point so um yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's surprisingly chill. Like, um, I think more, more so, I think people would be surprised at like how chill the environment in the fights like tends to be. Um, but so. I don't know. I've only, um, I've seen MMA fights a couple of times, like on TV. And I always joke about it because it just looks like they're hugging each other. Just like really long hugs, like a couple jabs, but then hugging and because I'm not a fighter and so I have no basis for like what is actually happening and I didn't choose to watch it I was at a place and it was on and so okay yeah so it wasn't like I went to go watch the fights I was just like there um but I'm also a huge nerd so I would like watch them and be like okay so what gives people an advantage which I have no idea if this has any actual merit but Every single MMA fight I have watched has been won by the person who has a shorter reach. Like their arms are shorter. And so the smaller person has won every single one of them. I don't know if that has something to do with it, if it's actually an advantage or if it was just a coincidence of what I've seen. But I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah I think it just happens to be like a coincidence. The like yeah if you, if you if you're longer you have more range and if you can keep someone like at distance like then you're good. If you're shorter and you can get inside someone's reach then you're then you're good. I think like especially like if you have good you know if you're gonna get like good wrestlers they're usually like mm -hmm. good wrestlers are usually like stocky guys. Um, they're usually not too like too long. So, um, you know. You just you get like you know, and I think that's one of it's definitely one of the interesting things is like you really do see like just the different capabilities of different people's bodies and um, you know different people you know their styles and um, just the the way they are as people can match up very differently. Um, sometimes like uh, you watch a fight and everyone will say, oh yeah, this guy is just a goner. He's like gonna you know he's gonna die, and then comes in and like totally destroys his opponent. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's yeah so it's like I feel like sometimes it's just kind of like you take like the human drama and distill it down into like a few minutes and you get combat sports so that's um, just like you know things that usually take months just take like a few moments um, and it's yeah it's very very stark re, you know results. <laughs> I like so when you were talking about the like a guy who people didn't expect to win and then he's he's the one who takes over you know it reminded me of NFL and so many times when people would be like, well, this is the team that's going to win because they have beat all of these other teams or their defense is substantially better and yada, yada, yada. And I'm a huge fan of underdog sports stories in general. That's like, that's the thing that probably brings out the most emotion in me. Um, but it, like my brain related to that because that's what I know more of mm -hmm. and like talking to people about the idea of like it never matters what it doesn't matter if you've played the same team before um if one team won and the other team 
lost, like, if you, when you face an opponent, opponent, whether it's fighting or a team sport, like, the only thing that matters is what, is what happens that day. It does not matter who you beat to get there. It does not matter what training you, like, either of them did prior to this. What matters is how they face off head-to-head in that moment, in the arena. And I think there's so much beauty in that because the the smallest thing, like, this is just, like, a random thought, but, I mm-hmm. mean, if you're in a, in the middle of a fight and you somehow, like, one guy has has an advantage but then his nose starts to itch and distracts him for a split second like that could be his undoing and there's so many variables that could come into that which is one of the things I think is fascinating about all sports is that there's Mm -hmm. so many variables and seeing how they all play out um is one of the reasons why I love them so much but I I like that idea of like, I mean, team sports are one thing, but two individuals going head to head that like so many of those variables are internal and like their personal preparation for it. And that's, I think I'm going to have to start, start actually paying attention to combat sports now. (laughs) I think that's what's happening in my brain right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, no, I very much agree with you, like from the you know, from the the aspect of like looking looking at all all the variables and um, kind of seeing how things play out. I mean, I think that's one thing that definitely like you know. So like I grew up playing soccer and stuff like that, and uh, you know, I think one of those things is like just kind of you know having the confidence and being resilient and being able to to like take a loss because you never you really do never know. Like on a different day, you can you know be the the team or the person that comes out on top. Um, it depends on like on so many different factors and even like even these yeah these with these underdog matchups or people think oh you know someone's going to get smashed but um you know you do the you do the math but the math doesn't work out like you know it really never works out like how you think it would um you know maybe it does like uh you know 70 percent of the time but that other 30 yeah. percent like it's just all over the place you just really have no no idea of how like you know how how the the dice will roll i guess Sports are so cool. <laughs> oh yeah, no, very um, very enjoyable. Do you have a favorite sport to watch? Oh man, to watch, yeah, probably so. Probably soccer, I'd say. Um, I tend to be like attracted towards that, um, towards that the most. Um, you know, other other than you know, there's obviously the the combat sports stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, beyond that, it tends to be either like hockey or sometimes like uh, kind of like motorsports like F1. And well, well, what about you? So you mentioned the the powerlifting and, and such as well. So like that's like completely for me, that's like I, I'm like way out of my depth on that. I would love to hear hear some more about that, too. Oh, man. So, OK, one just so if you've never been to a powerlifting meet, you should go to one, even if you never plan okay. on competing. Because there is just okay. something about a room 
full of really strong people supporting other strong people. Like mm -hmm. it has probably been one of the most accepting communities I've ever been in because so there, there is the aspect of like, yes, you're trying to win the meet, but you get three attempts and okay. you kind of have an idea going in to every meet, what your attempts are going to be. Like you have a range. You're like, okay, this is my opener. And usually the range is like, like if it wasn't moving exactly how you want to, you're going to increase by like 3%. If it's moving fantastic, you're going to increase by 6%. And like in a range somewhere like that, right? Mm -hmm. And the goal is to lift as much as you personally can. Um, at the end of the day, so in a meet, there's sort of like there's small opportunities to compete against somebody else. If you like break somebody's record on their last attempt, then they allow you to take a fourth attempt to like, to see who can secure the record, but you get one more attempt. You don't just get to keep like PRing back and forth until mm -hmm. somebody can't lift anymore. Like you kind of have to make a call, like, can I lift 20 pounds more than I did last time? Or am I going to go three pounds up or whatever it is? They always go okay. Kilos, so it's weird because I live in America and we don't do the metric system. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so it's fascinating in that sense. So most of like to me, the competition in powerlifting is always against yourself. Like even though there's other people there, the competition's against yourself because you literally can only do the best you can do. You can't be like, okay, well, I, um, like, it's not basketball where if somebody else scores higher than you, you can go score again and it goes back and forth and back and forth. Like you have three attempts. So, mm -hmm. I mean, for the professional level, I don't know. You'd have to talk to them well, how they think about it. But like, it's possible that if you think you can do a little bit more and like, because right after your lift, you have to tell them what your less, next lift is going to be. So if someone then lifts above that and you don't know what their attempts are going to be, you're not told what somebody else's attempts are going to be. So you literally can just do the best you can do. And that's one mm -hmm. of the things I love about it. And people are so incredibly supportive. And it's like in the crowd, there's just so like anyone who like they're in your flight. So they're like competing at the same time as you or they're a different flight or whatever. There's all these people and they're all super strong people. And like if you're trying to pull a deadlift up off the ground, and you're sort of struggling and like the whole room will just scream like get it up you got this like and it just echoes <laughs> through you so like there's this whole thing where people lift more on meet days because of the energy in the room like you can almost 
almost always lift more in competition than you can in the gym. Because in the gym, you have like your own adrenaline, you have your own internal motivation, you have all of that, but you add in the atmosphere and like it just kicks everything up a notch. And so there, I've pulled weights in meets that I've never been able to do in the gym. But like, I'll walk into the meet like, okay, well, (laughs) I guess I can do that. And then one of my favorite ones was in North Dakota last year um, because it was my deadlift and I was trying to, like my last record was at like 325, something like that, or 320. And I was trying to get more than that. And I got 330 something. And the next one up was 336. And that was what I had to get to get a state record. And if you got a state record, they had these flames that would shoot up, but you only got them if you got a state (laughs) record. (laughs) So I was like, I have to get this off the ground because I like pyrotechnics. Like that was it. That was my thing. And like, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. And there's like, it's always like this internal fight because there's, our bodies can do more than we think they can. So one of the fascinating things about powerlifting to me and most, most sports, but powerlifting like actually trains it very specifically towards the end Mm -hmm. is like the last three weeks of training or where, whatever your schedule for peak is like you've trained your body to be able to lift as much as it's going to be able to lift. And the last couple weeks is training your brain to believe you can lift that much. And that's it. <laughs> like it's just okay, like yeah. doing heavy weights for like not even a lot of reps. You just do heavy weights and you're like, okay, like convincing your brain, you can do this so that you, when you get on mm-hmm. the platform, you can do it. And so like, I'm in the middle of this pull for my deadlift and it hurts and part of my brain goes no this is painful I don't want to put it down and the other part of my brain is like I want fire and I'm like okay and I just lift it up <laughs> the flames shoot and I knew that it was a good lift and oh was there so you go <laughs> so that's amazing um yeah so it's it's pretty fun. I would recommend it to pretty much anybody, even if you're not pulling 300 pounds or 400 pounds or whatever it may be. Like just competing is like, if you, if you can bench press a bar, which is 45 pounds and you can squat a bar, which is 45. Like if you can do just that compete, just, just, just to say you did and to be there and it's just it makes me so happy (laughs) so (laughs) obviously I like powerlifting um wow I I love it I love the enthusiasm I'm honestly (laughs) you've you've uh, you've sold me you've sold me I'm gonna have to (laughs) the moment I get the opportunity gonna be checking out the the powerlifting meets for sure yeah um it's a good time for sure um but yeah I don't know in general other than that, I I just love sports. I coach sports. I coach athletes. I like sports are my life. I was, I always used to make jokes um, back when I was 
like my very short-lived time on dating apps because they'd be like, what are your interests? And like the <laughs> handful of dudes I talked to, they're like, so what do you do with your free time? And I'm like, play sports. And they're like, what do you do for work? Coach sports. What do you do when you're not doing sports? <laughs> Watch movies about sports. <laughs> they're like, do you do anything other than sports? And I'm like, recover from sports. I recover from sports so I can play more sports and they're just like is there anything else to you and I'm like I like Disney movies <laughs> like that's it Disney <laughs> <and> sports <laughs> um so yeah uh I I kind of have a pretty one-way street of a mind in that regard but I like it so it's fine <laughs> oh it's good you gotta have you know the, com the competitive personality I'd say yeah um, which, yeah, it's not, it's not a bad thing. I mean, obviously, like I'm in the I'm in the same boat. So, yeah. um, all right. So we have to start wrapping this up. So we're gonna move on to our game mm -hmm. real quick. All right, so let's you do get it. To answer first, and because you're the guest. So first question: What are two things you love doing by yourself? Ooh, man, two things I love doing by myself. Um, I think one is just, um, just, uh, reading, um, especially like, um, articles and, and newspapers and things like that. Um, and sometimes books, uh, I think the other is, Ooh, man, just like, yeah, going for walks. I like going for walks by myself. I like that. Do you, because this is one of my favorite things about going on walks. Do you enjoy being able to smile at strangers and like, like, cause one of my favorite things about walks is like, good morning, good morning. Like I'll never see you again, but like, <laughs> so is that a people who like going on walks thing? Or is that just a me thing is what I'm asking? Oh, no, no, I, 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 I love it at least. Like I'm like the, the NPC in a video game that just says like some random thing. And I'm just like, it, it kind of tickles me that I'm like that person for a moment. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I like that reference. That's good. Um, I would say two things I love doing by myself is driving because I can play whatever music I want to and I can sing as bad or as well as I want to and I can go as fast as I want to and it's going to be fantastic. So driving. Um, and I think the other one I'm going to say is watching cheesy movies like Ooh, that's a good one i don't i don't like watching cheesy movies with other people but i really <laughs> like watching cheesy movies <laughs> so, like, yeah, I, I get that yeah you gotta you gotta get it out like like when not like uh do do like without the collateral damage i guess <laughs> yeah well and like watching movies in general because i I don't like people talking through movies. I watch like not all things that I watch, but a lot of things I watch are things that you have to pay attention to or potentially read subtitles or something. And then there's always people who are like, what are, like, what are we going to do today? And I'm like, I'm not interrupt my movie. That's what we're going to do today. Like, why are you talking to me right now? So I think not just cheesy movies, but probably watching movies in general, I prefer to do by myself than with people. 
because like my kids mm -hmm. I love it when we're watching a movie for the first time together and they're like mom what's gonna happen I'm like I don't <laughs> <laughs> this is my first time seeing it. They're like, do you think this is going to happen? Like, I don't know. Maybe we should watch and find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So question nice two. Nice to get your piece for sure. Yes. <laughs> if you had the power to change one law, what law would you change? Ooh, <laughs> man. Um, Ah, that one's like super hard. Um, oh man. Um, uh, yeah, I'd say um, <laughs> you know the, the the Citizens United decision um, around like uh, spending money in politics. I'd probably change change that. Um, I'm sure that'd be controversial for some people, but uh, yeah, that's that's my answer at least. Okay, so I'm not going to lie. I don't even know what you're referring to. Can you elaborate? Oh, yeah. So this was just a, like a decision that allowed like corporations to really to to spend as much as they want in terms of like lobbying, um, oh, which, um, yeah, I personally, I think that should be limited a lot more. Um, and yeah, I would like to see that that changed. And that would have to be, yeah, uh, a change by by Congress or something like that. So yeah, maybe maybe one of these days, my my hopes are still high. Yeah, I I would agree with you on that one. I was literally talking about this morning, like that I think lobbying should be illegal because at, at, I don't think they have anybody any person's best interest at heart. Um, and that's what our government is supposed to represent is their people and not. Mm -hmm. their corporations <laughs> but, yes very much so yeah um mine mine's gonna be an easy one and it's gonna be blanket across the country um that so whether you want to say it's roe v wade or whatever um i think the government needs to keep their hands off of my bodily autonomy <laughs> So mm. that is, I don't, I would write it much more eloquently into law, but basically I don't think the government has any right to tell me what I can or cannot do with the body that I live in. And yeah, so. I am, um, yeah, I'm very much agreed there. I, uh, yeah, you know, I, I very much, you know, I guess personally, I'm a believer in like that we all own ourselves. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, I could, couldn't agree more. Okay. Our last one, looking back at your life so far, what are three things that turned out good for you? Oh man. Um, uh, yeah, I think quite, quite, quite a bit, uh, thankfully, um, I think well, yeah, one thing I'm I think that's definitely turned out is just being into computers and uh, nerdy things. Um, you know, I mean, I had like had like a you know I was kind of into it, but I kind of like I doubled down on it a few times, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm very much glad I did. Um, that's like that's never that's one thing that's never really been been a mistake. Um, I you know getting into something cool that is like 
you know, evolving in the future is, I think, never, never a mistake for anyone. I'd suggest it for, you know, whatever it happens to be, yeah, go for it. Um, uh, other than that, um, couple C, um, traveling. Uh, number two, just traveling to different places. I don't think there's ever really a time I've, like, regretted traveling. Even, like, the, you know, the Philippines was maybe more difficult, but, like, I don't regret going there at all. Um, you know, I would just probably, like, think twice if, like, there was the option to go back. Um, and, uh, I'd say, you know, the third one, um, is, um, just actually just really just spending, spending more time with people and doing less work, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, I, I, some people might disagree with me on that, uh, on that one, but, um, just, uh, at least for me, like the, um, I feel like, you know, I'm very proud of the things I've done in my career and with my work. Um, but at the same time, you know, if I were to like look back on the the things that I've done, it's usually the the times with people that I really like remember the most. Like you don't, I don't really remember those times too much where I sat down and worked on something for like a week. Um, I you know I'm kind of like happy with the end results, um, but you know I don't have like this these nice memories. Um, and so I think to me like just I haven't regretted making making nice memories with folks. So. Those are my, yeah, my three. I like that a lot. Especially that last one. That one, oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> um, three things that turned out good for me. Um, my kids are pretty freaking awesome. Um, and it's totally okay that I chose to take that route instead of going to Antarctica. Just means I have to take them to Antarctica someday. That's what I've told myself. Yes. Um, I would say still in process, but leaving my job, which I thought would be my career, and starting something of my own. Um. I can't say that it's turned out good, but it's turning out good. It's, 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 mm -hmm. we're getting it. Um, nice. And then I think the other big thing is probably something that I'm most proud of is the work that I have done to bring my family back together because like my mom, older brother, little brother, and myself, like, we very easily could have all gotten estranged from each other and um, gone our separate ways and taken on life on our own. And I, I take a lot of pride and credit for kind of putting my foot down and being like, no, we, we have healing to do and we all have a little bit of work to do. And we have done that work and our family is like a family unit for probably the first time in my life. And that's something that I am very proud of. Like, yeah. So. Yeah, I think, I think that's all. That's an amazing thing to be proud of. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, family, I think, is all, always comes first. Okay, so before we shut this down for good, is there anything that if you were to tell the world What's one thing you want people to know? 
Um, yeah, just I, I'd say the one thing um, I'd say is just, yeah, don't be afraid to to get out there and, and meet people and um, experience uh, new things. I think, you know, that's probably for, for the Americans in the audience, like Americans tend not to get out quite as much. Uh, go out there and do it. It's it's a it's a cool world and it's not, uh, uh, you know, not quite as scary as it might seem. I love that. Well, Kyle, thank you for joining me on the Common Humanity podcast and having a real human conversation with me. And thank you so much, Chandra. I had a great time.